Welcome to the Salty and Shiny Life Podcast, where our faith guides us and we get to learn from each other. I'm your host, Erin, with Mathena Counseling and Consulting. Join us as we dive into ways we can embrace our faith and make a positive impact on the world around us as we learn from the journeys and experiences of others. Get ready to be encouraged, uplifted, and equipped as we learn from one another. Together, we can become the best versions of ourselves and shine brightly in a world that needs hope. It's time to live the salty and shiny life. And please don't forget to like and share with your friends. This week's episode of the Salty and Shiny Life podcast is the second half of our interview with Sam Harper. So I make sure you go and check the first half if you haven't been able to hear that one yet. As you've grown and faced various challenges, how have these experiences, so the things in your life, things you've gone through, how have they contributed to the refinement mm. of your ministry approach mm-hmm. and understanding? Got it. Um, first thing that popped up in my head was caring for people like Jesus. Mm. Um, I don't think that it's like a... Um, I don't think it's a mystery to people that sometimes the church doesn't do a good job of taking care of their people. Yeah. No. Um, specifically. Um, and so whenever I would lead people, whether it was like on the team directly or I was over a department or whatever, um, checking in with people, it only takes like 10 minutes. Oh, it's so powerful though. You know, like, like there are just some real responsibilities as a leader Yeah, to come along beside people. It's not just... Yeah leading them in a moment when you are acting as a leader, but Mm -hmm. partnering with them in some, not necessarily walking every step with them, but Mm -hmm. partnering with them and what that, what that means to them, the impact it has on their lives. Going, going back to, you just never know the impact you have on the life of another person and what, you know, it, it changes their trajectory Mm -hmm. of, it does. Yeah, like um, I would do check-ins with my team mm. every right before we would do practice. And um, there's something about knowing where everyone is at. Like I say this all the time, but like I love to know where everyone is at because I think that's what the Lord does. You know, like, I mean, he knows everything. Like, so, you know, there's no like <laughs> you know. need to check in. But like just the... But he's always there. Yeah. If we, like, and we know that. We can always turn to him if we it's, need it. It's, so. I think it's the nurturing side. Yes. Um, which we can get to that. But like now I see it as a mom, like it nurturing people is really, it's so important. Yeah. Um, because you just, yeah, like um, even the pastoral stuff. Oh, yeah. Like anyone can be a pastor. I'll just say it. Some people will come for me when I say that, but pastoring is literally just shepherding people and taking care of people. You're checking in with people. I don't know that anyone can do it. I know a lot of people that probably shouldn't. Yeah. Anyone with the gifting. Okay. Maybe yeah. I should, they, uh, let's, yeah. I should do an good. asterisk right. with that. <laughs> anyone with that gifting. Um, and who has for sure. a heart for it. Right. Like a real authentic heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely um, those two things that are necessary in those things. Um but yeah, I, I, I see, I saw a huge change. I saw a change when we had crunch time and we couldn't do check-ins. And then mm. I saw a change when 
we did a lot of check-in and not a lot of practice, but then when we came together and led people together in worship, that's another thing is you're not doing this alone. Like your voice is great. Um, if you're playing an instrument with your voice, that's great, but you're not doing it alone. No. You're doing it with a team of people. And I would always say, I'm not leading worship. It's, it's this me and this team that's leading worship. Like, I don't know. It's just, you have to like really humble yourself and be like, I can't do this by myself. It comes back to that vulnerability yeah. together. Yeah. Like relationship happens in vulnerability. Community yeah. happens in that vulnerability. Yeah. And, yeah. and that check in when people are willing to be like vulnerable and come together and check in like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh man. I don't know if I've had like a little like cheat sheet of verses, but one of my favorite verses that talks about community. And if you want to like think literally as family, it's mm-hmm. from Psalm somewhere, but, um, how the Lord puts the lonely in families. Oh yes. And yes, it, it really, it shifts everything because by ourselves, we are alone. We literally alone, but also like figuratively, emotionally, mentally alone. Mm-hmm. And when we do things as a group together and we're validated together, it transforms. And it goes back to that spirit of unity that the Lord loves so much. Mm-hmm. Like I love how, I think it's Paul who talks about the body of Christ as like giving the image of like the arm and the leg and mm-hmm. like that. Like he could have done a completely different metaphor, but he chose a body that has to operate together. Like yeah, it just, takes all of it. it you there's just, no like unimportant part. Yeah. You can't be like Frankenstein, like <laughs> one arm operates and then, you know, it's like they yeah. have to be together. Like yeah. it has to be together. The gifts have to be together and it has to all point to the Lord. Hmm. But yeah. So good. I love pointing to the Lord. So good. Go back to the Lord. All right. So, um, Ministry, this this fits with what we've been talking about. Mm. So we may not have as much to say about it, yeah. or we might go on for another hour. Who knows? Ministry often involves building relationships. Yeah. How have your evolving perspectives influenced the way you connect with individuals and communities? Mm. Like, how has that kind of shifted? I don't know if that... I've always loved people. Um I think that there was a time, there was a time where, oh gosh, how do I say this? Um, there was a time in my, especially in college, I was really frustrated with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned just a long way, like talking, my parents are great. I haven't really talked a lot about my parents this whole podcast, but, um, they've been like super honest and vulnerable my whole life about their stories. And so it's really helped me know like what I can come to them about. And so my dad and I would talk a lot about our frustration and anger because we're very similar. And, um, he, I remember like there was like this one year I was just, I was just having a hard time with people, like the way that I viewed people. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you just gotta be careful. You have to really be careful of how that frustration will one day come out. Um, actually there was, um, our, my worship pastor at the church I was at in Charleston, I was an intern. He came into the office that I was in at the moment and, um, I was really frustrated with a certain person and, um, he knew it. I mean, it doesn't, 
I don't hide my emotions very well. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> um, but he came in, he closed the door, and he's like, Sam, like, whatever your intrinsic thoughts are, like, those those thoughts count too. Yeah. It was really, that was a hard, that was a mm. hard time because this is what I learned about just authentic overflow. This is, this is pivotal in authentic overflow. You can say things and portray things all you want, but if you still think these things and wrestle with these things, it's, it's, it has to be together. Like, yes, there's grace for figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're frustrated with a person and you start becoming bitter, which early on me and my best friend, we realized bitterness will just dry out your bones. It will. That was a proverb that she just was learning through a long time. And I, it's just stuck with me. So whenever I get frustrated, I'm like, do not pass, go, and collect bitterness. Yes, let's you know? not. Oh, um, or resentment. Yeah, because it, it just, it's really, it's a hard root to uproot. It is. Um, it, but it buries itself deep. This might be a different perspective for mm -hmm. this answer, but I think I've always loved people well, and I think with that, the Lord really challenged me over this time, like in ministry, no matter where you are, no matter what part of life you're at, it doesn't even have to be ministry. You're going to get frustrated with people. Oh yeah. Like it's going to be challenging. Whenever there are two people, there's going to be Ooh. differing opinions, yes. ideas, thoughts. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. like your external conversations and your internal conversations, they got to match up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's just, it's, it's the heart It's it's uh, it. And that was a hard, that was a hard thing for me to learn during that time. It was just a hard, it was just a hard time. It was very hard, um, to learn that I've, I've got to match up what I say and what I believe and what I think. Yeah. Because that's really going to impact the overflow of authenticity. Yeah. Because if you're thinking one thing and doing another, isn't that kind of double minded? And eventually people will like, pick up on it. Yeah. You it's, know? Well, it's, it's, it's not authentic. No. Yeah. It's, you know, and I think people, I don't, maybe not everybody, uh, it's possible, but I just feel like people value mm -hmm. authenticity. I think. They value it, but I don't know if they really value it once it's like actually done. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, um, that's true. Okay, have, like... I value authenticity. <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't know if I can say everybody. Maybe people don't, but I just, I love it. Like, I just, yeah, it's okay. It may not yeah. be the easiest. It may not, Yeah, I may not like it in the second that it happens, but again, that is... Yeah. That is building relationship. It that is. is Sometimes powerful. in those authentic conversations, like what my friend did, he came in and it was hard. Like he knew it was going to be a hard conversation. Um, cause I, it takes a little bit for me to accept a critique. I get that. I understand. Yeah. It, it takes a little bit, you know, <laughs> um, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Um, I don't think anybody takes critiques. No. I try. I'm like, okay, Lord, yeah. I need to be better about this. But it's so good. It's so good to like get self out of the way yeah. so that I can, because yeah. I want to be better. I want to be who yeah. you want me to be. And mm -hmm. 
iron sharpens iron and all that kind Oof. of stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's I good don't to like have... it, but I need it. And it's... Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's good. It's good to have those hard conversations. Run, it's um, and that's also what I've learned is like, you got to have the hard conversations with people um, because you care for those. Like it really shows that you care. Yeah. Because if people, if people don't have hard conversations with people, it really shows that they don't care. They would rather just yeah. deal with stuff. It's true. Because I think about it. If, you know, somebody that I'm really, that I really care for, I'm going to go in and have the difficult conversation with them because you want them to be better. My other perspective would be, I don't care enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, how is this a deep relationship, a powerful relationship? If I can use the words, I don't care enough. And that's the biggest thing is like, um, along the way, I think for my shift in perspective with people happened because, um, I only wanted deep, um, deep development with certain people. And what the Lord was really challenging me with was it's okay to have deep development with everyone. Um, you don't have to like upkeep that, but like, it's okay to go deep with people like you can give them those opportunities. Mm, yeah. But in order to go deep with people, it has to be authentic. Yes. And so, like, sometimes you have to be more patient with people. And sometimes you have to be more empathetic. And sometimes you have to be more direct with people. And honestly, it all requires a whole lot more time with God. Oh. So that your heart's in the right place to handle it no matter what. Yeah. That is one thing I'm just learning so much is, you know, God just keeps coming back to me over and over again with, Yes, all of these things are going to happen and you're going to be really busy and I need you to be in a place where you understand the value and the importance of time with me every day. Because mm-hmm. there have been times in my past where I'm like, oh, I'm super busy. I don't have time for that. Yeah. And I have learned, especially, I don't know, in the last year even, mm-hmm. just it's just been really impressed upon me mm-hmm. how important the time with him is yeah in order to make these other things yeah flourish and like those hard conversations i i just i don't know that they'd happen mm-hmm. with as much grace no yeah i mean i would pray I, anytime i knew i was going into a hard conversation with someone i would pray like holy spirit please just like start to soften their heart already mm-hmm. Whew. man and prepare mine yeah Especially, and it was always like, it was either really relieving knowing they were a believer or it wasn't, depending, (laughs) depending on the person, you know? Um, But like when it's about, and this is just in general, but when it's about the Lord, like you have to continuously go back to the Lord because he's the best teacher of himself. Oh, absolutely. So I love how, I feel like the questions kind of like, we could actually just keep talking and it would just answer the question answer. because of the way we are, yeah. the conversation just is flowing. It's yeah. so awesome. But um, so from high school to now, how would you describe the evolution of your spiritual maturity? Oh. And how has it impacted your ministry? Spiritual maturity. Um, and the reason I said I feel like it's flowing because we're talking about like, it's in learning that you've got it's, to spend that time yeah. with God. And that is a spiritual maturity. Yeah. Those are things that. Yeah. I used to actually, I was thinking about this on the way here. I, um, I remember I never wanted to really admit that I didn't have it all together Whew. early on. 
Um, Preach into the choir. This Been and there. A lot of and mm. a lot of the things I'm saying, not a lot of people knew about me. Yeah. I believe like, that. I would keep those cards close. I've been the same way. Um, like I remember even just the way that I view, um, I, I, I really loved the offices of the father and the Holy mm-hmm. spirit in the Trinity, but even just my like longing and, um, honor of Jesus has developed with my spiritual maturity. Um, this is going to be really, um, mind blowing, but I loved the goodness of God so much. And I loved the care and comfort, um, and things that the Holy spirit did for me, but I really didn't understand the sacrifice of Jesus until I went through some hard things. Mm. And I really didn't understand, um, that I needed saving because I was so young when I surrendered my life to the Lord right. a lot. And God, praise God, praise God that he reveals himself to all ages, all people. Um, you don't have to, like, God doesn't have to reveal the things that he has revealed to 50 year olds in a salvation process, like a five year old. Right. So you learn a lot about the Lord. But when I was growing up, um, just like the different parts of God were more appealing, obviously. But when I was going through these hard times, and even as a mom, Lord, like the sacrifice of Jesus. Mm, yes. I could just weep. Um, well, it hits home more now than it, oh, it does. used to. I mean, mm, you can relate to it. You I brought, can oh, feel mm. it. You feel it in a totally different way. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but like, I, I didn't, I knew I, I was saved. You know, I knew... But the Lord was so generous in just allowing me to learn through time what the joy of, of my salvation really was. Mm. I know. So, and and like, it is a joy, right? Yeah. Like it's, I don't know, that's, I, I've, over the last few weeks, I've thought about that a lot. And I've yeah. just been like, I'm just happy. Yeah. I just, yeah. Man. Yeah. God I, is so good. Yeah. And it's, um, my neighbor, Mel, she's been incredible just in my journey of being a mom and a wife and all that stuff. She's like literally my next door neighbor. Super grateful <laughs> for her. But she says that maturity doesn't choose age. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I always think about that. Um, or maturity isn't defined by age. I can't remember what Mel says, but it's probably from somewhere else, you know. But um, I think along the way, I've learned... Um, a lot of people would applaud me, but they wouldn't applaud the Lord through me. Mm, and right. um, I'm even careful when I do that with young people and their crafts. I'm like, man, the Lord is so good in you, yes. you know, because like we can twist, we can twist our egos real quick if we just applaud a person. Mm. Um, and so that's like one, one thing that I've really learned just through spiritual maturity is like, I can't do this without the Lord. Mm-mm. The hymn, um, give me Jesus. Mm. Yes. I, it, as I get deeper with the Lord, I don't want to say older because I don't know. I think that's in, irrelevant, but when I get deeper with the Lord, just give me Jesus. Yep. <sighs> you can have all this world. Just Ooh. give me Jesus. I and like, yes. And that's also a dangerous thing to say because you know, 
your life can crumble in an instant. And then the, the saying, just give me Jesus, you can have the whole world. That really can be tested in that, in a heartbeat. And yes. so it's a really dangerous thing to say, but at the, and I've learned, I've learned like, you can take my job away. You can take platforms away from me. Yeah. I could literally just care for a baby. And I will say this over and over again. Like, just give me Jesus. I just want the Lord. I just want what he has because, um, I've seen my life. I've seen, and I've, I've had to make meticulous, meticulous decisions about the Lord. And I've had to make, um, I've had to, you know, make cultural decisions about my life that other people would never choose for their life. And, yeah, you know, like Kyle and I, we remained pure our whole time dating and being engaged and like just seeing, like, I remember the Lord was like, I'm going to reward you for your obedience. Like, and it's just, I've seen what the Lord can do with someone who's willing. Yes. I've seen, I've seen it. And so powerful. I was like, you know what? God doesn't need me to do full-time ministry. He doesn't need Mm-mm. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that was huge. Like, when oh, I yeah. remember, we I remember need the, him. Yeah. I remember the first time it, I heard that God doesn't need you. And I got super defensive in my spirit. I got really defensive because I was like, no, God does need me. He called me. But then I, I got it so twisted. He called you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the. He called yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah. accurate. Yeah. He has a plan for you yeah. and you. He has a very special purpose yeah. for you. Yeah. That is absolutely for yeah. sure. Those are two different words. But you two need different him. words. Yeah. 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 He does. Just because he called you doesn't mean he needs you. No. I, I, He's I love, God. Yeah. 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 I, the sovereignty of God that I've learned about over the probably the past 10 years has been mind blowing. Mm. Mind blowing. Isn't that wild as it just keeps evolving and you keep understanding more and more and it just... <sighs> Yeah, he just wants, lays you out flat. He just wants you to partner with him. He's he's inviting you into a privilege. That's just and so the beautiful. more you seek him, the more he's gonna be there. That's probably the verse that can sum up just this transition of perspective for me. Um, just for those who are listening, I I stepped down from full time ministry before my daughter came, Emma. Because there's just like, there's a lot of anxiety going on in my life of how to balance the two. And when, during the wonderful time of COVID, um, that I forget, was it like 10 years? Was it like, it, it just felt like an eternity. <laughs> um, I actually went through, um, counseling during that time, um, because if you were in ministry and you were in the throes of ministry during COVID, you were learning mm. things every day because it was, it was just difficult. And so yeah. during that difficult time of COVID, I, I went through counseling because um, I'm a big, big, big picture down the road person. Mm-hmm. Um, I start thinking about things that I shouldn't be thinking about for like years. <laughs> um, and so I uh, started thinking about like, well, how how am I going to be able to do ministry and honor my family? And how am I going to be able to do ministry and do this well and do this well all at the same time? So I went to counseling and there, it, she was just incredible. And just, I can't really handle the things that are out of my control. That's like in a nutshell what it was. But I made a, I made a covenant with the Lord. I was like, if ministry ever, ever starts getting in the way, 
of my family. And at the time it was just Kyle and I, but we would have, we would have like daily check-ins. It was probably weekly, but we would have check-ins where I'd be like, Hey, like, do you feel validated? Like, are we spending enough time? Like, are we still the main thing, not ministry? Right. Because that can get twisted real quick. It can. Families have broken up because of ministry. Yes. And the idolatry of ministry. Yes. Kids have felt um, undervalued because of the they idolatry feel left of behind. ministry. Yeah. Yes. Um, because that is the priority in whatever parents' life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, it, was, it was probably a couple months before um, I was like still in second trimester going through this. And I was like, I, I'm not going back after I have Emma. And like the Lord was like in these conversations, there's a lot of depth in that. There's like a lot of details that I can't really get into. Um, but I just remember like the Lord was like, it's time. Ministry is, it's really, it's getting there. And it's time to take a back seat. And that's where I also realized I was like 28 at the time. And I was like, I have not taken a break since high school. Like the Sabbath, sabbaticals, rest. It's super important. Um, And I think, um, and this was even just a couple years ago, but I, I thought for a while when I was going through this time of, of thinking about taking a backseat on ministry, even becoming like a stay at home mom was so weird to me. Not like, you know, I think I did actually have a twisted mindset of what a stay at home mom looked like Mm. before being a mom. Um, which we can get into that. We do that in all kinds of things. I had the same, a twisted understanding of being a wife before I became one, you know, twisted. I think, yeah. The reality is just very different from the picture we create in our yeah, head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so um, the the Lord was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm still gonna get you to where I need you mm-hmm. to go." And I was like, "Okay." And then this this little nugget verse has just been. I love the Book of Jeremiah, by the way. Me too. Ooh, it's so good. Um, and it's not Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but it's a couple <laughs> verses after. Um, this is so true. Like, I think this probably sums up my life. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. If you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Yes. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I've learned. Like, um, having such a huge transition from doing a bunch of ministry and being full-time ministry and doing everything for everyone. Um, and then going to not doing much for anyone and not doing much ministry here and there. Um, like I'll do like a women's conference, you know, here and there, which is great. Awesome. Love it. I'll do a little plug for saturated, saturated women. They're great. Um, but It's just, honestly, I think I can see the Lord. This sounds weird as I I think it, I can see the Lord better Mm -hmm. because with my whole life, I have said and communicated, I really just want what he wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some days it's lonely, man. Like it's, 
because yes. it's not about you. And like, you know, the, the enemy can get into that. And like, he, it's, I've gotten really good at noticing when it's him coming for me mm-hmm. in these days. Um, cause he'd be like, look, no one's texted you today. It's just been you and your baby, you know? And it's like, listen, let me tell you, life is rough. Yeah. You know? And so like, I was joking with Aaron when I got to her house, I was like, man, adult life is, is crazy. You like don't see each other for a couple months, you know, that's just how it is though. People are right. so busy and life is crazy. And especially when you have like a young newborn or toddler, I mean, you're literally keeping a human alive. So there's more important things going on. But, um, I've learned a lot about relying on the Lord way more than I could ever do ministry. And let me just say like, because you're in quote unquote ministry, that doesn't actually mean that you're doing ministry. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. What? Man. I like, I've been in churches where, they would have worship services and, you know, gatherings and stuff like that. And not much ministry was actually being done. Ministry can be done anywhere. Like, absolutely. As long as the Lord is there, ministry can happen and he's omnipresent. So, you know, love it. What advice would you offer young individuals who are starting their journey in ministry? Yeah. Um, considering the wisdom that you've gained. Yeah. Mm. Two things. Um, I probably will think about this tonight as I go to sleep and think, man, I should have said this or this or this or this. But I think these sum up the main things pretty well. Um, purity is beautiful. Yes. Um, not looking like the world is, is beautiful. Like having mm. a pure heart, having a that. pure mind your life being pure. Um, it might not be welcomed by many, um, or applauded by many, but, um, it's, it's good. It's really good. And then I think the second thing is being different. It probably goes together, but being different is okay. Like just Mm -hmm. because you don't think the same way as the person across the table from you is okay. Like, I, I wish I almost, so I remember this was like our final meetup for my internship in college. And I almost walked away from ministry at that table. I remember look like, I remember the, my peers faces, my professor who was a stand in for this internship at the time looked at me like I needed help. Yeah. Shoot. Because I was going through a really hard wrestling time where I was like, is it really just about the building? Is it really what, and I was like processing. You were challenging the norm. The, yeah. Yeah. It was a really hard thing for me because I was like, my internship, which was great, but I was like, is what we call church really church? That's what I was really getting to. I was like, because right. a lot of it is based on numbers and yes. the services that you have inside the church walls, the building yeah. of the church, that the church gathers in and I almost quit and I was like I don't know if I can sell out to this you know and I never did I mean I was always the voice that was like well why why do we have to do it this way why do we have to do it this way 
man churches if you are listening please do a prayer breakfast one sunday gathering it's okay we don't have to have a worship time and sermon time every sunday like ask holy spirit what the body needs you know yeah i wrestle with that so much because i think so much about like individuals growth Mm -hmm. and you know what is going to impact people's growth how are they going to how do we help people have an encounter with jesus going back to that that is always my prayer for people because having an encounter with jesus changes everything and people could have an encounter during worship or in a during listening to a sermon or whatever but there's so many ways to encounter him there's so many ways yeah also, selfishly, I just want to eat a waffle while I pray. Also that. Yeah. You know. That's just a little that selfishness. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I also think that Jesus really loved food. Like. Yes. I yeah. always talk about that. And naps. I always say this. Resting and There has to be and... something to it. But anytime I get together or I gather a group of people, food is always present. Yes. I know it's expensive. But. Uh, come on. It's fellowshipping. He is the bread of life. <laughs> we can take communion. Yes. Every day. Agreed. It can look different. It can look like some chicken minis and orange juice or some coffee. Yes. The body and the blood don't have to look like bread and juice. Sorry. That was just supposed to be humorous and not <laughs> super, super real. I was just like, I've always thought that. But yeah, be pure, be different. That's awesome. I love it. Yes, I agree. You know, there's... <sighs> Actually, hold on. Let me yeah, go d- ahead. do an asterisk for the purity thing. Don't be pure just for the sake of being pure. Because that's also idolatry. Be pure because you want to be set apart for the Lord. Mm-hmm. For the Lord. Underline. Yeah. And there's a difference. Yeah. You know, there's a difference in just following the rules to follow the rules to yeah. check the boxes to yeah. and it's in your heart. You love Jesus. Yeah. You wanna it's yeah. it's a it's established. It's an established thing that yeah. can never be taken away from you. Right. Yeah. Yep. So looking ahead. Looking ahead. As you look toward the future. What aspirations or goals do you have for ministry or how do you envision your continued growth and impact? This is a great question. I would have trouble answering it. I really do because I have no idea what tomorrow is going to hold. So I kind of hate it when people ask me, why do you see yourself five years down the road? I'm like, I I don't know. Tomorrow on my mind is, is Emma going to nap? Well, that's like, (laughs) Um, okay, serious. Um, okay, say the question one more time and then I can actually like ask the Lord to like sure. pop up something. As you look toward the future, what aspirations or goals do you have for ministry or how you envision your continued growth mm, and okay. impact? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, man, I mean, there's so much. I got so many aspirations and dreams. Not just for my life, but I think for like the local body of, of mm-hmm. Christ. I would love to see churches um, be different. Just go outside the norm. Like yeah. not care if a new person comes in and they're having breakfast and they're only having breakfast on a Sunday. Because fellowship needs to be a big deal 
you know, yeah. in our world today. Um, I mean, that's just an example. I think like, you know, the upkeep of a church is, is very difficult being, it's you know, full time ministry it is really hard to figure out what's best for everyone. Um, but I think that that can also be found through prayer and going to the Lord and asking him, what do your people need? Um, but I would love, I just would love to see, I like if you, it's not a mystery. Like when you go into a church, you know what the flow of service is going to be mm-hmm. for most churches on a Sunday in America. Yeah. I would love to see that be different. That would just be a change. It up. Yeah. I mean, not for the sake of change, but because it's what is necessary for that local body of believers. Yeah. You know, um, that's just for like, you know, the church, the local church. I think for m- me, <laughs> my ministry, um, I don't know if I've ever really like shared this with anyone, but I would love to, uh, this is an aspiration. This is not a goal. This is not something I'm going to be running after. It's just an idea that I go back and forth with all the time. I would actually like to go back, um, get a degree so I can teach at some colleges. I would really love to teach about worship. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had an incredible um, professor who taught me about church history. Mm-hmm. His name is Matt Presley. And he was just, I mean, just talking. It could, I could go, I could make a list of people that have really shaped the way that I pursue after the Lord and that have really encouraged me to, to continue on. Um, but I honestly, I think it would be super fun. It would be super fun to teach people, to be there for people. Because I, I think for myself, I saw how college was a really, it was a great time. Mm-hmm. It was also a hard time for kids. Um, yes. And for someone to hold someone else accountable, because like whether we face it or not, college students, it is, it is a rarity if they stick to one church their whole time during college. Like, and honestly, it's okay because I don't know, I go back and forth on it, but it's just like, they don't really have a a huge community behind them. You know, they're kind of alone Yeah, in a a lot of respect. And so um, I would love to do that. That'd be super cool. That would be really cool. I don't know if I'm ready to write papers. (laughs) I know. I looked at, I considered PhD I was like, I don't know know. that I have a dissertation in me. I think I just, I think you just have to have a master's, don't you? Yes. Yeah. If you want to teach at the undergraduate level, you're good at the master's. Yeah, that's all all I want. I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I would love to put out music whenever the Lord readies it and allows it. So that'd be cool. Um, Yeah, that'd be really, I mean, it would be fun. I think one basis that I've gotten to um, is that I really don't care to be popular with my music. I just want people to learn how I've learned from like other people like Jackie O'Perry and even just like people in my daily life that have worded things that have just been so beneficial for my thinking. Impacted you. Yeah. yeah. Like I just want, I want the same thing for other people. Like, man, the way that she described that really, it, yeah. it pushed me forward. I want to invite you know? people into the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah, them to, yeah. I've had it, somebody prophesied to me once. They were like, you're like a serial inviter. And I was Ooh. like, but it's because if I've experienced something amazing, yeah, I want others to experience it too. That's right. 
You know? Yeah. yeah I'm going to invite like crazy because I'm yeah. like, look at how I experienced Jesus here. That's you right. need to come and get some of this. That's right. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that popped up in my head was for my family, mm-hmm. um, specifically like um, Kyle, Emma, and then future little man. Um, I'm pregnant with a boy. <laughs> Pray for me. And um, <laughs> I think... So we actually dedicated Emma, this is just a little context. We dedicated Emma at her first birthday party with just some family and super, 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 super close friends that are kind of like family. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we made it pretty clear, like our hope is for Emma to know the Lord. Um, I mean, it's oh, yeah. the Lord's already told me that he's going to reveal himself to Emma. Like he's going to show him, you know, his glory to Emma. And my hope is, um, my parents lo- like, so my dad got saved like right around the time after I got saved at five, okay. um, in his words, he said, if a five-year-old can come to know this, then so can I, oh, so cool. So we all got baptized as a family. So powerful. Um, and my mom, you know, she grew up in just like, um, her grandma took her to church. She was uh-huh. a Pentecostal piano player. And, um, <laughs> so my mom already like knew a lot about the Holy spirit, some, some, things that aren't healthy, some things that are great, you know, like most churches where people trying to teach people about the Lord. Sometimes we can get it wrong. And, um, so growing up, we, we were started out in the Methodist church, then went to the Baptist church, then finally landed in like the non-denominational crowd. And, um, (laughs) uh, my parents were just, I mean, they were great. Like they're not perfect, you know? but I don't need perfect. They were honest and vulnerable about a lot of things. But even in the midst of my parents, you know, doing their best to, you know, point us to Jesus, the Holy Spirit parented me and taught me. And that's been my prayer for my family is that most of all, like we would do our very best to show and point to the goodness of God um, and all that he has but also that my family would be parented by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. I mean, it just like, and like even for colonized parents to still be parented by the Holy Spirit. For sure. Um, I know that's like a super weird way to say it, but it's like something that's really Makes stuck sense. with me. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a father, you know, like he knows how to father, you know? Um, and that's just like a, it's probably a weird goal or aspiration to say for your family, but like, like I'm not going to force Emma at the dinner table to pray mm. if she doesn't, one, if she doesn't want to pray and two, if she doesn't know the Lord, like if she hasn't, right. you know, like made that decision to walk in his ways and to abide in him. And so like a lot of the cultural norms, because we live in the South, um, <laughs> I don't really want my family to be a part of. Right. Because it gets confusing for people. And you're trying to keep the, you're trying to keep it clear. Yeah. And like, I really want to foster an authentic environment mm-hmm. where like, when we talk about Jesus, we also mean this about Jesus. That's awesome. You know? So that's like a goal of mine. Um, I, obviously like I would want a church to do that too. Um, yeah. you know, like, Wherever we go, we would have a community of people doing the same thing, you know? Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, girl, it has been wonderful having Dude. you here on the podcast. Yeah. The salty, shiny life. Because okay. you know what? That is how we're living. It is it. salty and shiny. Just, this is such a great thing. It's so good. It's so good. I'm excited that we got to have this conversation yeah. and you'll definitely be back um, and we'll talk about more exciting please things. Please welcome me back. I love talking about deep things, especially theological yeah. things. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I also like to get a little feisty. Like, you know, it's like, let's, let's do this. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank I appreciate you, you being here. Thank you. I'm so glad you've been able to join us for our two-part series with Sam Harper. If you want to reach out or have comments, anything like that, you can find me at erinmathena.com.